Welcome to At Work in America, sponsored by Paychex. At Work in America digs in behind the headlines and trends to the stories of real people making a difference in the world of work. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Bowes and Trish Steed. there, HR Happy Hour listeners. This is Sarah Morgan, host of the Inclusion Crusade here on the HR Happy Hour Network, coming to you with fantastic announcements and a great offer. With the help of Humoriso, I am hosting the 2023 HROI Summit from Wednesday, October 25th through Friday, October 27th. This event is virtual and 100% online. And because I love my HR Happy Hour Network family so much, I've created a special discount code just for you. Use the code HRHAPPYHOUR when you check out and save $50 on any individual session and $200 on all three workshops. So go to events.humoriso.com slash HROI now to get signed up. I can't wait to see you there. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the At Work in America show. We have a great show today. Tristeed, how are you today? We are, I'm excited for this show. I'm really, I I'm am too. fired up. I'm, I'm good, Steve. And actually, you know what? It's funny. We, uh, I won't give away our guests, but I will just say I was shopping on the app, if that's a big hint to everyone out there of who that's we're going to be talking with, right? Uh, so no, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting show. I'm really, really happy to have this guest. Yeah, me too. We're going to be talking about community inclusion, a little bit about mental health, I think, as well. And I mm -hmm. think it fits, Trish. I mean, this goes back, I really attribute this to you a couple of years ago when we made a kind of a subtle shift, but I think an important one in what we're doing here on the podcast. And we have spent a lot of time talking about inclusion in its broadest sense and mm -hmm. opportunity and making people feel like they're welcome in the workplace, that they have opportunities in the workplace, and that they can thrive in the workplace no matter who they are, right? And I think yeah. those are important conversations, and I'm glad we're continuing those. So uh, hats off to you for kind of recognizing Thank we, can't you. Just talk well, of, we, we can't just talk about software over and over and over again. <laughs> No, I think it comes from too just spending, you know, a whole career working in human resources and you're always sort of chasing that employee engagement. And to me, it was more about, well, breaking down like what actually makes up being engaged in your organization. And it's really being included and feeling that strong sense of belonging. And so um, what I love is sort of you've even pushed the boundaries of, you know, we've talked to people from Special Olympics, we've talked to people who are you know, hard of hearing or vision impaired or have different, you know, on the autism spectrum, like every single, you know, formerly incarcerated, right? We've done yeah, Aaron Smith who got, got, got paroled from yeah. being a heroin dealer and now is helping people, uh, you know, become truck drivers, right? So, yeah. So there's definitely a space for having these types of conversations and so that people can learn from each other on how to yeah. be more inclusive and how to really help people feel like they belong. Um, I told our guests before the show in my career, I don't feel like we ever nailed that down. We made lots of attempts at that at some of the employers I worked with, but it feels like now 
employers are really starting to make some headway. So I'm really excited to have that discussion today. Yeah, let's get our guest on before we welcome her, because uh, he's waiting patiently for us to chat. Uh, let's thank our friends at Paychex. This this episode of At Work in America is sponsored by Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. After years of being in survival mode amidst the global pandemic, HR leaders have been challenged to get back to business, ushering in the era of the dynamic workplace. In Paychex's seventh annual Pulse of HR report, you can learn how HR leaders are optimizing the work experience, regardless of where work gets done, addressing widening generational gaps and increasing productivity, not just for their employees, but also for themselves. So you can visit paychecks.com slash A-W-I-A to download the Pulse of HR report today. And thanks to our friends at Paychex. Okay, Trish, let's get started. Our guest is waiting patiently. She is Bettina Green Thompson. She is the co-director of corporate marketing and communications for mental health and well-being at Amazon and also serves on the board of Amazon's People with Disabilities Affinity Group, in line with her work as a DEI program manager for disability inclusion within Operations HR. Amazon's newest affinity group, Mental Health and Wellbeing, was created to raise awareness of what mental health is and bring attention to what resources exist to support employees and their families. Bettina, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, Steve and Trish. Great to be with you. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. And we'll try hard. We did a little bit of this in the pre-show to fawn over how much we love Amazon, right? Because we've spent right. eight <laughs> eight minutes on that. Maybe at the end, yeah. we'll share our favorite Amazon Prime stories and, and all this. But Matita, uh, maybe give us a little bit of background. Look, we don't need a background on Amazon. Everybody knows what Amazon is. But <laughs> maybe tell us just a little bit about your role there specifically, and then how you were working to create a more inclusive, more uh, community kind of environment at Amazon. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. And so seven years ago, I did a career pivot into Amazon as a tech recruiter. Um, Prior to that, I'm from the Bahamas. I was working for Christie's International Real Estate as a CMO and just needed to be in this region and an opportunity opened. Um, during my time as a recruiter, I was recruiting senior tech talent. I became really um, impassioned about equitable opportunities and how we were thinking about um, opportunities for marginalized or underrepresented voices. In particular, I became very interested if, from the tech perspective. Uh, at that time, autism at work programs were popping up into uh, some of our peer organizations. And I was like, what are we doing in that lane? And um, that led to writing a doc, which Amazon is a doc writing culture. And that led to an invitation to join the PWD leadership team over six years ago. And during my time there, I was a director for recruiting, still sit in that role in some capacity. And since then have also established representation for neurodiversity at Amazon. So I created a community here. We have several thousands of global partners and allies and community members, as well as a resource uh, spaces where individuals uh, who identify as neurodivergent also communicate and uh, have representation. And during that time, one of our board members, uh, as they sit on that global board, had spoke about 
creating representation for uh, individuals who have non-apparent disabilities, so a mental health diagnosis. And what, as we started to unpack that data, the business case became very compelling. It was not only were uh, the, was the need there for representation within an affinity group or an ERG for individuals who have a diagnosed mental health, but the fact that the data was showing that mental health was the foundation for everything, for everyone. So we pulled that subject matter out from under the People with Disabilities Affinity Group or PWD Affinity Group. And we applied to have an official affinity group focus on mental health and well-being. And uh, from the concept of everybody has mental health. And we were approved. We're Amazon's latest affinity group, number 13. And I oh, sit on okay. that global board yeah, as a director for corporate communication. So, yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of my journey and how I get to sit between those two spaces. Yeah, Bettina, thanks so much. I really appreciate that, especially you, you mentioned your background in tech recruiting, right? Obviously, this is the HR kind of podcast, right? We've done a million podcasts on recruiting, but more specifically, right, really resonated with me when you mentioned uh, autism at work programs in the neurodiverse community, because that's been another area where we've really had some fantastic conversations over the last few years, specifically on that topic. And it's a super important one. I, I'd imagine at such a large company like Amazon, right? You, your, your affinity groups can actually be quite large, right? With either neurodiverse or different group, other groups uh, with uh, seen or perhaps less uh, apparent disabilities or other challenges, right? So I imagine you mentioned it's the 13th group. That's certainly got to be an important part of, of kind of the community that you're trying to create at Amazon is support for these groups. Yeah, I think as you shared in the beginning when you were doing your intro, you know, the mission of the group is to rem- the stigma around mental health. People think of it as mental illness. Indeed, there are conditions that people manage every day that are, you know, chronic for them. So not to belittle that, but to acknowledge that all of us have mental health and the impact that it has on our performance in the workplace, the fact that we're spending a third of our lives in the workforce and, you know, over 90,000 hours. And this is an environment where truly the impact of work has that effect you know you you don't check out uh, even though we like to think we do there is some level of having a healthy uh, resilience in our mental health and well-being that contributes to our productivity our career growth and our success and innovation you know it's hard to be creative when you're consumed with other kind you know thoughts so taking care of your mental health is really important yeah, and neurodivergence is something that's very important and uh, near and dear to me. Um, so I speak on that quite a bit. And to your point, you know, we employ, it's estimated 1.5 million people globally. And neurodivergence wow. occurs in approximately 20% of the global population. So if you look at that, the potential is real for Amazon to have within its midst 300,000 individuals that identify as being neurodivergent. So really, when we think about neuroinclusion or an inclusive environment, we need to also think about neuroinclusion. So, Bettina, thank you for sharing a lot of that background and sort of, the, yeah, the scale, the, the scope and the scale of some of this is kind of daunting or can be from the outside looking in. I mean, 300,000 folks 
who could be members, if you will, of an affinity group at one point. It's like a small city, not small city. That's like a medium sized city uh, for for sure. Uh, uh, Tina, Amazon is famously a data driven kind of organization, right? We've heard that for years and years and years. Are, are there are there data that at least you think about, maybe perhaps you measured, or it's just other research maybe that you 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 lean back on that says, hey, there's a lot of value in both what these affinity groups do and sort of broader efforts to make people feel more included in the workplace. Does it help them with performance, engagement? What are some of the things you guys look at to say, hey, this is this. These are some of the levers that we can pull, right, with with our efforts to try to make people feel like they're part of a community. Yeah, I think one of the beautiful things about Amazon is it's very, um, you know, self driven and scrappy, and it's it's very the it's given the individual a lot of empowerment to recognize who they are, recognize interests. We have interest groups that arise and um, are supported as well as a distro list, which is an email that you can just sign up for. I'm interested in learning more about that. And so you can set that up as an interest. I think to your point, when we look at data, you know, definitely that drives decision-making. And so when we look at impact of creating an official affinity group, which is enterprise supported or funded or recognized, there definitely is a consideration of the scale and the impact that it will drive. And so that's uh, recognizing the value of when individuals see themselves. You know, there's the adage that if you can't see yourself, you can't become something. And definitely they talk about that with representation for females or underrepresented uh, minorities or, you know, different identities. So it's important to have that representation. And so when you're in an environment where maybe you are underrepresented or feeling marginalized to have that affinity to be able to see yourself and know that hey I'm not alone is really empowering and when you feel empowered or you feel supported you're able to contribute at your optimum right you're able to think optimally and feel that you can deliver your best results you can be innovative and creative you can show up authentically you can have that sense of belonging which is critical to really a lot of factors in HR, you know, retention. And, um, you know, so it really drives talent in terms of being best for themselves and for the organization. You know, Bettina, I love that you're, you know, you have so many communities that sort of address these issues, right, of, of making people see themselves and, and feel comfortable um, in being who they really are. I love how you how you phrased that. Um, I would love to hear about sort of the mentorship that happens within these uh, affinity groups, because I think in the past when I've seen it not be as successful, it was because we probably didn't have enough diversity in our workforce. And so we were we were having mentors that maybe didn't look like the people, you know, in the group quite frankly, or come from the same cultural understanding or experiences. I'd love to hear in your groups, how are you addressing that with mentorship? And are you finding that you have enough mentors to sort of have that approach? Yeah, I think that's a really fair question. I think, um, you know, it's, 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 there's an interesting thing here where, um, 
I think it's diversity is important, right? But also identity is important. So it, one of the beautiful things about the affinity groups at Amazon is we do have executive sponsors or senior leaders that support and sponsor. And then we have exec, uh, you know, uh, sponsors on the team as well. Um, and typically they will be diverse from the identity or that topic. And that is beneficial because I remember when I was recruiting, you know, and we wanted to, you know, support a particular identity, we might have an interview team that was all the same. And all the same never works because you really need that diverse perspective of what that individual is going to encounter in a reality, in a real situation, and how is that really going to flow. And so I think that's the same in terms of the structure of the affinity group. With regards to mentorship, I think that those diverse perspectives help you validate your points, validate your perspectives, help them see your perspectives as well. So you are able to scale out, you know, and get that support from your allies. I think for mentorship internally, I know specifically like for the neurodivergent community, I think a really good example of this is before, you know, launched community support was people really did not self-ID, you know, they didn't come out and say, yes, I am neurodivergent or because it's a non-apparent disability and non-apparent disabilities, typically people don't self-disclose because of stigma or uh, ableistic thinking where they're thought of as less than rather than just different. And what we've seen is groups evolve into being uh, like interest-based so from the original neurodiversity community that I created was we saw females who are neurodivergent. So they want to have specific conversations about being female managers who are neurodivergent that want to have specific conversations around that uh, community support groups. And then mentors like in the community space, we have, uh, you know, Slack channels internally and They'll go in and they'll say, I'm a new and somebody will raise and say, hey, reach out, direct message me. I'm here. And I think what you start to see is that willingness to stand up and say, I am. And so that started appearing on signatures within the company where it's like, I am neurodivergent. If this if you if this communication, if there's any conversation that you would like to clarification, please don't hesitate to reach out. We also have a series uh, called Thinking Differently at Amazon, where people raise their hand all the time to tell their story about being neurodivergent at Amazon. So when you start to see that willingness to openly disclose, and I think that really also starts uh, from the top because uh, Steve Schmidt, our chief security officer at Amazon and our senior leadership, it doesn't get much more, much higher than that. Um, wet reinvest, the AWS reinvest event, he wore his ADHD t-shirt out on stage and really created that identity and that leadership to say, hey, it's okay. And from there, I know it gave me uh, the strength to say, hey, I'm neurodivergent. And, um, you know, to feel like, okay, Steve's badge is still working, so is mine, you know, it's gonna be okay. And I think when you see that, so mentorship comes in many forms. So it comes from within the community where you're feeling that community support and able to share those experiences as well as others that have gone before you or that may be seeing a different perspective. So you get all of those benefits when you have an affinity group like that.
thank you for sharing those examples, Bettina, because I think that, you know, if you've been in the work world for quite a while, you may not even know that you have, you, you mentioned ADHD, for example, you might've never been diagnosed as that. It's something that we didn't really grow up even exploring or talking about. So I almost feel like with these affinity groups and with it being a comfortable and safe place to be more open and ask questions and talk to different types of mentors who might have already had certain experiences, you might find that you are yourself uh, neurodivergent and, and not have known, which can actually help you be better at your work, right? Just because you're sort of, so maybe even it's not self-identifying because you don't want to, maybe you don't even know. And and it gives you the opportunity to figure out why you need to learn in a certain way or need more time or need different, you know, just different um, uh, different types of thinking uh, and tools made available to you, right? Yeah, I think that's, that's very true. I also think the interesting thing about the two affinity groups that I sit on is that they have an incredible amount of intersectionality. So, you know, we have families at Amazon, we have women at Amazon, a Black Employee Network, Glamazon, which is LGBTQIA plus community. Um, we have women at, we have Latinos at, we have Asians at, you know, so there's a broad cross section of identities, but within all of those communities, you could find, you can find someone who has an, a disability or all of us have mental health. So it's this incredible intersection an intersectionality with all of those identities. And I think that is, it's really lovely because, um, you know, Amazon has been able to, as a recognized uh, group, you know, you're able to have a conversation with leadership and share the voice of the internal customer where they're able to really hear in real time and firsthand what is actually being felt by the employees, you know, in this space with that identity. And uh, the leadership has really responded, like for with mental health and well-being, we've really seen benefits increase, you know, and and we've actually received a platinum award for Mental Health America, a, a Bell Seal Award for the work we've done. We have over a hundred chapters of globally for mental health and well-being, and the same with the Affinity Group, we've received uh, recognition as being one of the top places to work for people with disabilities. So I think, you know, that that insight allows that uh, organizational development as well as benefits internally. Yeah. Tina, you mentioned uh, your chief security officer wore, wore his uh, ADHD shirt. I wore a special shirt today as well. I wore this <laughs> one. For Ooh. folks who are only listening, my shirt's... <laughs> My yeah. shirt says Women Rock, which I actually a few months back uh, for another show that we were doing, but I love the shirt and I'm, I'm proud to wear it. And I, I do want to talk just a little bit about some of specifically around some maybe things that you guys are doing at Amazon or perhaps more generally, Bettina, about women's issues in the workplace. And and I was just reading on, and we could talk about this some other time on on the show that I do specifically for the Amazon Alexa device. My I was talking about how... Um, Women in the U.S. labor force, this is U.S. data only, have ticked up to fully 50% of the total U.S. labor force for only the third time in history since we've been tracking this sort of thing. And that, that was kind of the story I was talking about. But while women are, and I don't I confess to, to not knowing what the percentage of males and females are at Amazon, but the um, 
but we see things that happen all the time, right? When in the rate of promotion is not the same, right? And the rate of uh, achieving the C-suite or getting on boards of directors, and then certainly around pay equity issues, right? Which has been a story forever and ever. And Trish and I and some colleagues of ours have done a lot of work on pay equity in just in this past year alone. So are there things still, Bettina, in 2023 at a big, big company like Amazon that you want to think about, hey, this is, we have, you know, things we want to do, whether it's an affinity group or just considerations or conversations around, hey, how are we supporting our women in the workforce? It's, you've unpacked a, a Pandora's box there, Steve, but I think it's such a great conversation. And I think we really saw the pandemic put a spotlight on how the difference of um, females and how the, for the mean, you know, there are there are outliers on both sides of this topic. So the, the talking in the mean or, you know, for most is that the expectation is that females also, you know, they hold down these large jobs, but they also are running the household to support the male, if there is a, you know, if that is the, the dynamic of the household, to support that male in his career progression or their career progression of the dominant partner. And um, I think you saw a lot of that happen when it was, uh, you know, return to work, when we saw females not wanting to come back to work, you know, there was the great resignation. And I think we're starting to see that balance out now. But Definitely, we also see that in terms of, you know, females disrupting their career to have a family. And so we at Amazon, we have what we call a returnship program. So recognizing gaps in a resume, maybe because you were caring for kiddos and, you know, that or maybe you were the caregiver for parents or some other demand in your life that you had to give up to ensure that, you know, your partner was supported in, um, you know, their career path. So I think that that stagnates a lot of that opportunity when we see senior leadership, you know, I think, um, but we know that a, a balanced, you know, environment in terms of any team, when we have a diverse perspective, it outperforms a homogeneous team, not by a little, but by a lot. And there's been studies that have shown that uh, diverse teams, well managed, where everybody's respecting each other and valuing those contributions in an equitable way, outperform homogeneous teams by up to 52%. So, this is definitely something that the workforce should really be thinking about how they are diversifying those identities and perspectives. And, um, you know, I, I can go back to the benefits of people with disabilities in terms of. Uh, the curb cut effect, when we think about the curb cuts that we ride our bikes or scooters or skateboards across the street, um, those were for uh, people who use wheelchairs, but now we're all benefiting from them. Or we think about speech to text, that wasn't to create Siri, that was for blind low vision users. And so that technology, having that voice in the space was creating something that was universally going to benefit everybody and has propelled us forward. The same with closed captions, we all open videos with closed captions on at work so that we're not disturbing others, but those were for deaf or hard of hearing individuals, not for. So when we start including these different perspectives, neurodivergent individuals or others, and normalizing these conversations around uh, diverse identities, uh, we really start to benefit from, and especially as a global organization. So I think we really highly value that. 
That's such a great point, Petite. I'll just throw this in. When I'm streaming something, like I'm watching Prime Video, I always have the captions on. Always. <laughs> like I do. I, and it's a great point, though. That wasn't built for me, at least right now, right? That was designed. And it reminds me, Trisha, something Dr. Tim uh, told us when we were doing uh, Tim. I can't remember his last name, but from the Frith Center for Autism. Down at, mm -hmm. He told us that we were talking about uh, neurodivergent and some of the best practices around helping folks get into, into the workforce, quite frankly, Bettina. And he told us like so many of these accommodations or the considerations to help people who are neurodiverse, they actually work for everybody. They make sense for everybody and they're good business sense. So things like, you know, having structured interviews and, and being, you know, predictable about, you know, don't with the crazy trick questions, right? Like, and things like that, right? And it was, it's like, yeah, that makes sense for everybody. So I really, that point really resonated with me, Bettina, because of, of some of the things we've talked about here before. Yeah, Kivan from Frisk, he's amazing. So yeah, the, um, I think one of the things that is, uh, you know, sharing with Margaret earlier, one, an anecdotal kind of conversation when you're not considering accessible, uh, you know, or, or you're not thinking holistically about all identities, including with people. So internally we had, and this is, this will show you how we've, how the affinity groups and communities have really influenced the direction that Amazon has gone with some of their products is internally when Amazon Go, so in my almost seven years ago, Amazon Go was just beta. And so they started small and then they opened up a few seats to a few Amazonians and they allowed Amazonians to apply to be some testers, you know, to go in. And um, with that invitation, they released a video. And so it showed a, a, a man and woman walking through the Amazon Go store and they were putting things into their bag and then they would just walk out because it's just, you know, you don't, so it's Amazon Go. And <clears throat> for the PWD community that was deaf or hard of hearing, there were no closed, there were no closed captions on the video. So many of them thought this video was about shoplifting and how they were going to prevent shoplifting because it was this woman putting stuff into her bag and just walking out of the store. And so it really, created an opportunity, a learning opportunity for individuals to realize, wow, we didn't make that accessible. There were no closed captions or uh, audio descriptors for blind or hard. So we've, we've cut out a huge segment. I mean, 15% of the entire global population identifies with a disability. So that's, uh, you know, a, a population larger than the, the country of China. And so here we are, and this population controls $13 trillion in consumer spend between themselves and their caregivers. And so when we don't think about that as businesses or entities, we're not thinking about all of our customers. And so it really propelled and the community, it really shows Amazon listens to customers, thinks about customers internally and externally. They listened, they helped, you know, some real um, uh like think tanks and brainstorming sessions with the community. And now we've just won awards for the accessible product that we've released and have a whole host of uh, technology on our, on our site for accessible design. So I think that, you know, and that comes through the affinity group too, that allows for that community expression or ERGs and those uh, allowing for those identities to be heard and seen. Bettina, I appreciate the fact that you're sharing even some of the times where 
at Amazon, it's not always done 100% correctly right out of the gate, right? Because I think we might we might perceive that it would be being such a large organization. So thank you for sharing that you also uh, have room for identifying where things can be improved when it comes to the way we communicate with our customers or with our employees. And I, I would love to hear if, if there's anything you can share, maybe what are some of the things that you know, you have coming down the pike with regard to making more inclusive either workplaces or um, experiences with your customer base or or maybe both, right? Um, Because I know you all are cutting edge when it comes to some of these things. What are you focused on in the next, say, year or two? Yeah, I think there's so much going on. It's like, which thing do you talk about? so I think from a, a diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective, Candy Castleberry, who's our global uh, SVP around uh, DEI for Amazon, one of the things she really focuses on is born accessible, born inclusive, born not just a bolted on concept, not just, oh, we made this, now we have to make something to, that makes that good for them or good for this, you know, but really, how are we thinking about everything from the the baseline? Uh, one of the things that really I, I really admire is Project Kuiper, um, which Project Kuiper is a way for Amazon to there it's satellites that is going to be bring connectivity to some of the darkest regions of um, the the planet, and so to bring equitable. Um, access to what all of us who are in developed countries are experiencing. And so that was just announced, I think, yesterday that, you know, Amazon is really thinking holistically about how do we create this equitable world? How do we create these equitable environments? So, um, and I think that that global lens and how do we bring technology to uh, ensure that for all and all of our customers is really a driving force. Um, Trish, to your point about failure is that when we are coaching our candidates, we always tell them, be able to speak to a failure. And they're like, what? And they're like, you'll get asked about something you failed on. And they're like, and it's like we're innovative. Failure is part of the learning process. Amazon uh, really values the ability to take, you know, bold steps and to fail fast so that we can innovate and we can continue to grow and develop. So, and I think that's what you're seeing with innovations like Project Kuiper, which is going to launch these satellites around the globe for, you know, access and equitable, uh, you know, access for all. So, yeah. Gina, that's a great story. I had not seen that story. I did not know about that, which is great. I want to check that out because it's a, it's a great story and it fits kind of more broadly on a grand scale and a very high tech scale, right? Globally, some of the things you've been describing that you and folks helping you and working with you at Amazon are trying to do inside the organization, right? Which is make people feel they're part of the community, connect them to to their peers and their colleagues and others and make them feel like they're part of something bigger, which we know, as you said, right, it improves performance, improves outcomes, improves people's experience at work, right? It makes people, you know, I'll even say it makes people want to return to work who maybe don't always want to, right, after three years of working from home and and on and on and on. I think uh, that's a great example of kind of the those values and that ethos like manifesting on, on a big, yeah. massive technical scale, right, which is fantastic. Yeah, 
I think uh, people want to work, you know, pe feeling valued and feeling like you contribute. Uh, they don't always want to be in the job that they're in, but if you can make that environment one where you can continue to learn and be curious and feel that you're contributing and feel that you belong and that you can show up as a whole individual is when you feel, you know, you're um, the ikigai where you feel your purpose, you know, and I think that that really is the goal is uh, for environments and workforces that allow for that psychological safety where you can be a whole person and contribute wholly and deliver those results, uh, optimal results for the organization and the customers you support. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to mention, it's a little bit self, self-centered. I'm going to mention it though, because I'm guessing because you're, you're our guest today, there'll be a, some number of folks from Amazon who will listen to the show or other people who are just, you know, friends uh, of the brand and, and of the company. I'm going to pitch Trish, which I never pitch. I'm going to pitch our work. <laughs> I'm going to pitch our workplace minute show. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the story real quick, Bettina, about four years ago, maybe I decided I wanted to teach myself a new thing. And so that thing I decided to teach myself was I want to make a skill for Amazon Alexa devices. I want to build my own skill. And I don't know how to program. I don't know how to do anything. But I figured it out. I figured out how to make a skill for the Amazon Alexa device. And then I re redid it a couple a couple of times. But now it's still out there. And it's called The Workplace Minute. It's like a, like a news skill, like a flash briefing skill. It's out there. And the, and, and, and the skills... Uh, how a skill store is it a store i don't even know but it's, awesome. it's out there you can add it so i'm pitching everybody check out the workplace minute it's two to three times a week it's me and i talk about things in the news around the world of work and it's fun it's a couple minutes long when i do it and it's out there i'd love for people to check that out because i do do them every week and uh i love seeing it on my echo show like uh, you know because i always listen to my own pops up on there with our logo. It's the coolest thing ever. So there it is. I'm sorry. And thank you for indulging me, uh, Petita and Trish for that my, is fantastic. For, my, for our show. Do you know, yeah. They, do you know that 60% of Amazon sellers are third parties? So they're 60% of the business that Amazon does is done by mom and pops or other businesses. So that means, you know, we're supporting this. So hearing you be able to or self-publish a book or, you know, publish an app, you know, it really is to share the technology and empower others to optimize. So I, I love hearing that. So kudos. Yeah. Awesome. I, oh, cool. I, I was Thank just, you. You, you made me think of, uh, you know, my son who, with talking about closed captions and watching things with closed captions, he wanted to learn, uh, he was learning Mandarin in, in school, in high school, and then he wanted to go on. And so he wanted to become more conversational. So he set his TV to the language to Mandarin so he could hear it, but his closed captions were English. So it, and he became fluent conversationally by watching those closed captions, expanding his vocabulary and refining his diction in listening. So just another way that by creating and having all that, you know, accessibility to other, you know, technology, really empowers all of us to be creative. That is so creative. I yeah. absolutely want to share that with my kids because yeah, as they learn foreign languages, what a great way to just supplement. And um, it reminded me, my daughter listens to BTS, the K-pop group. Yeah. And yeah. I remember that the first one, RM, when he was talking about how does he know English so well compared to the other members, and this is years ago, he said, they would watch Friends, episodes of Friends, 
in English to learn English. So I'm just thinking like, sort of, you could do the reverse, right? You could listen to some show you're familiar with, The Office, Friends, Seinfeld, whatever that might be. And putting it in the other, that is brilliant. Bettina, yeah. that's like the, the big learning takeaway of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank your son. <laughs> I will. Another ADHD here. Yeah. Right. Bettina, That's great. Yeah. Bettina, I want to just sort of wrap with just giving you the last chance to sort of, is there anything else you might want to just, A, if, if you're an organization, you're an HR leader specifically, probably most of the people listen to this or that, and then maybe they don't have the, they're, they're feeling a little constrained. They could be really constrained, right? Obviously, Amazon is a giant, successful, well-run, you know, company has a lot of resources that not every company has, right? Honestly. So is there any one or two things you'd say, hey, just take this away. If you're maybe at a smaller organization or you're just trying to figure out, hey, what can we do to kind of build more community and be, build more inclusivity in, in our environment? What, what might be one or two things you'd say? Yeah, I think, you know, yes, Amazon is all of the things you shared, but it, what's really important, I think, to note here is that all of these affinity groups were not funded in the beginning. You know, it was because there was the opportunity to really identify the need, identify the business case, you know, really be able to state that this was what, and to propose the impact and what the benefit was going to be internally to the community to leadership to the organization so all of that was just brain power and sheer passion and commitment to one another and to that representation so i would say start you know just get out there and start um get your ideas together as trish said find a mentor it does not have to be somebody who is that identity initially you know you will find somebody who's gone the path before you that can either, you know, there's mentors and then there's sponsors, you know, so uh, find that uh, a sponsor as well, who will say, lift you into spaces where the conversation can be elevated, but start, get your data together, get external, you know, supporting data, if you don't have it internally, and just create that, uh, you know, that opportunity. It, it's then that you'll find that the other things start to fall in place, you know, so it's it's that initial passion. It, it's just like, I mean, Jeff Bezos started in his garage, you know, he didn't <laughs> start as a billionaire. So and everybody's a beginner at some point. So, you know, just leap in and just but find, you know, evidence based data and evidence based information, you know, and make sure that you're getting sound information and you're contributing that and directing your organization or cultivation of your community in a, in the right way. I Bettina, think, does thank that you. Help? No, yeah. that's fantastic stuff. Thank you so much, Bettina. That's a great sort of go forth and, and try to do this where you're that's at. What too. I do. Um, yes. yeah. Right, yeah, right. I love it. Uh, so obviously everybody knows Amazon, Bettina, is there anything else, any other resources, places, links, information, or just connecting with you that you might want to share with our listeners before we, we, we let you go today. Yeah, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. I welcome folks reaching out and connecting. Um, definitely, there are so many resources. There's a blog. You can check out those accessibility on Amazon.com, accessibility devices. Um, some of the best marketing that's really out there, just showing um, individuals, you know, 
of families, you know, just being families. And I think that that's an, an amazing when we can normalize all identities as just one. We're not having to have these conversations. Inclusion isn't, you know, equity just we've removed all the barriers. And so now it is just equitable, equitable. You know, we don't have to have this work. We, we undo, we, we've removed the barriers to, to make sure, Hey, we're just here. We're, we're collective. We're valuing one another and we're finding that belonging. So yeah, please. Uh, and I think Amazon has infinite resources. So I really encourage everyone to explore. We have job sites. We have, uh, like I said, lots, lots and lots of stuff that is out there. Um, it would be a long list, but yeah, uh, please subscribe. And you can hear some of those cutting edge things. So subscribe to the blog and your Amazon news, and you'll be able to see some of that uh, information coming in your inbox. Great. Awesome. Thank you, Bettina. So great to meet you today. Uh, we've been talking with Bettina Green-Thompson from Amazon about inclusivity and community at work and some of the things that they're doing and some of the things that, that anyone listening to the show can try to start doing in their own organization as well. So uh, Trish, great stuff. I love this stuff. I'm so glad we are able to do it. Bettina has been fantastic. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously we're big Amazon fans for many reasons. So it's a great, <laughs> it's a great show for us too. Me too, Steve and Trish. Thank you so much for making time for this conversation, for being such great hosts. And it's been a pleasure. It's been a real delight. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Great, great stuff. Okay, Trish, I will let you go. We've had a really long day today already. Uh, thanks to Bettina so much. Uh, remember, everyone, to subscribe to this show, uh, hrhappyhour.net. Check out the Workplace Minute one last time on your Amazon Alexa device. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will see you next time. And bye for now.